Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to part two of this episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I'm your host, Tony Defio. And if you listen to part one, I thank you for that. If you downloaded part two, I hope to have a great part two for you tonight. And let's see what they're saying in the live chat. And Just Me says, speaking to Clarence Washington, by the way, welcome, Clarence. Clarence, you're late for dinner, but just in time for the six pack. And you are, Clarence, but maybe I'm, maybe it's not, maybe it's glad you, it's a good thing you didn't see the first half because I was really stumbling along after having my technical problems, but I'm, I'm starting to feel it now. I'm starting to feel in the groove. So let's see if we can have a really great second half. And Sheila Chick 46 asks the crowd, what's in everyone's six pack tonight? Sally, I'm drinking water. Sheila Chick 46. If you keep drinking water. Wow. You are going to be glowing. It's much better than a real six pack. Look at my face. Is it glowing? No. Why do you think that is? Because I was drinking beer at bowling last night. So what else we have here? Ooh, Kathy Ford. Maybe, 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 uh, maybe she's onto something. And she says, "I'm thinking 11 to six, hoping for 12 and five. Wow, that's coming out. That's coming out strong with the hard takes, hot takes, I should say." We can only hope, Kathy. We can only hope. Wouldn't that be a turnaround? That would be a great turnaround if that were, were to happen. All right. And Steel Trick 46 says, TJ needs to sack this week. Two would even be better. I think you're right. Because I think I don't think we've seen the the force of nature that TJ Watt usually is since he came back from his groin injury. I think it's it'd be great to see that that uh fast twitch explosive TJ Watt that we've all come to know and love over the last few years. He needs to return to that guy for this defense to, uh, to truly be dominant again. I think, I mean, it's, it's not easy. It's not going to be easy to ever replace Tyson Alulu and Stefan to it, but having a, a hundred percent TJ Watt will uh, really, uh, I think go a long way. But uh, speaking of injuries, I have to uh, talk about one that I don't like to talk about, and that's the season-ending injury suffered by Juju Smith-Schuster last Sunday. Uh, a major shoulder sit, uh, injury when he when he was um, trying to pick up a few extra yards after a short catch, and uh, it was a shame. I mean, you could tell right away that it was a, a pretty painful injury anyway, the way he was reacting to the trainers and, and their manipulation uh, as they were assisting him off the field. And you just kind of had a bad feeling about it. And sure enough, uh, those bad feelings were confirmed later that night. And then he had to have surgery the next day and his season is done. 
and perhaps the Steeler career is done. And I think it's a shame because I think Juju, quite honestly, in a world that didn't involve social media, and I'm not talking about him, I'm talking about social media where everybody's thoughts are are out there at all times. If if all Juju, if he was living in an era where all he ever received was snail mail, <laughs> he might and and all you and, and all the fans really had to vent were those talk radio talk shows from, from the past that we still have today, but aren't as prominent because of social media. I don't think we would, we would, uh, I don't think Juju would be, would be as a polarizing a figure as he, as he's turned into over the last couple of years. I think he would be universally loved on, on par with a Heinz world or ward or Jerome Bettis or somebody like that. People would just love the guy because he, he's, you know, always in the community, always doing uh, things with kids, with, you know, just, just a, a bunch of uh, different charities, and of course, you know his antics on the field. And when I say antics, I'm talking about. I'm, I mean that in a good way. Um, uh, I think he would just be a universally loved figure. Instead, I think certain talk show hosts and a lot of fans have gone a long way in turning him into a, a almost a villain in the eyes of many. And I think it's a shame. And I think it's a shame that so many people were. We're reveling in his injury on social media and, uh, you know, mocking him, which it just it just doesn't make any sense because you could talk about TikTok and I don't know why anybody ever does because I think it has nothing to do with anything. And I can take I can I don't want to go into that anymore, but you could talk about TikTok. You talk about logo dances. You could talk about all the fun stuff he does away from the field. But the guy always plays his butt off. He always plays hard. He always plays mean and nasty. He, he's not afraid to go the, the, stick his nose in there and, and, and take on blockers. Uh, he's not he's not afraid to, to stick his nose in there and 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 dish out tenacious blocks. And of course, as you saw on Sunday, he's not afraid to stick his nose in there and, and gain those extra yards. I mean, this is the same guy that knocked Vontez Perfect in the next into the following week a few years ago, and. So to say that he doesn't care about football and he's not focused enough, I always thought that was hogwash, and I will always think that's hogwash. These guys aren't robots. They're human beings, and they're allowed to have a life away, away from football. And, and you know, you can't constantly um, criticize a player for what he does away from the field unless he won a championship. Then it's everything's he's allowed to do whatever he wants. You know, it, it doesn't work that way in life. You're allowed to have a social life. And I thought Juju brought far more good to the Steelers organization away from the field than he ever brought bad. And if it wasn't for some people having sticks up there, you know what's that stuff probably wouldn't, wouldn't be considered bad either. So it's a shame that, that Juju, if, if his career did end away, if the Steelers did end on Sunday, it's unfortunate that it ended that way, but, but he'll always be one of my favorites. I mean, you know, uh, I think he, he could have been a, at least a really, really, really good number two receiver uh, if given the chance. But he never he never really had a great chance to be that over the last two plus years because of the various situations that the offense was dealing with, uh, with Ben's injury and uh, the, the line, the, the problems with the line, new coordinator, uh, him essentially. Uh, having to shift roles from uh, an outside receiver to sort of like the short yardage slot receiver uh, who they relied on for the, the, the big, uh, 
the, the hard nose catches, the, the third down catches in traffic constantly. Uh, it's a shame that he didn't get a chance, but I think if he would have uh, been allowed to, to play that role, maybe he's not as, as explosive as Claypool or Johnson, but I think he, he could still be really, really good at it. So uh, who knows what, what the future holds for him as far as his NFL career. I mean, it's not a, a season ending injury. He'll bounce back from it. Just a matter of will he bounce back here or somewhere else? And I'm hoping he bounces back here, but I can certainly understand if that doesn't happen because that's just the nature of the NFL and it's the nature of sports and guys like Juju, uh, it's hard to keep them uh, forever when you have so many other uh, players you have to you have to pay and and and, and you know. So best of luck to Juju and. Uh, I, I actually, I think it's going to be, he, he's going to eventually, once he, um, he overcomes this, you know, the, the grief he's experiencing, the depression he's experiencing from this injury. And you saw uh, him, how emotional he got. I think it was Sunday night or maybe Monday night when he was speaking at a, at one of his, his functions, he got really emotional talking about how much he loves the game of football. But I think once he, he just kind of gets past that sort of depression that and that reality that his season is over, I think the old Juju will return and he'll be a presence in the community. Uh, maybe he'll, he'll be on the radio. Uh, who knows? But I get the feeling Juju is going to be a man of the people for the remainder of his time here uh, in 2021. If that's, if that's all there is with him as a stealer, he's going to uh, make the most of it and, and make us all uh, entertain us all as only he can. So, um, and uh, before I open things up to questions and comments, I'd be remiss if I didn't offer my condolences to Jerry Osofsky, the Steelers linebackers coach, inside linebackers coach, and former inside linebacker uh, who lost his wife on unexpectedly, I, I'm assuming, on uh, on Friday. Uh, there, were, there was no uh, word as to what caused the, the illness, or I'm sorry, the death, but but it was certainly a shock, and, and you can only imagine what he's going through. I remember. Um, you know, he, when he played for the Steelers from 89 through the mid nineties, he would often, he was a bachelor back then in his twenties. He, he would often, uh, go on the radio, you know, when he was talking to Myron or whomever, and, and he would always like slip in a little side note, by the way, I'm, I'm a single bachelor looking for a date. And, you know, eventually he found, uh, uh the woman he would marry and it's, it's, it's such a tragic loss. So. Uh, my thoughts and prayers go out to, to Jerry, Jerry O, and, 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 um, and uh, that's all I really can say about that. It's just a, a tragedy. So um, on that note, I will open things up for to some questions and comments from the live chat. And Jason Kennard says about Sunday night's game against the Seahawks at Heinz Field, Knowing the Steelers, they are going to make this game hard or possibly even lose. They always do that. I hope we win 31-13, but you know how they are. Well, I mean, the Seahawks aren't a bad team. So, I mean, it's not like they're playing little sisters of the poor. I'm just I'm just saying I have a feeling, a good feeling about the game based on on the on the kind of role the offense has been on, quote unquote the role the offense has been on the last couple of weeks. Plus uh, how bad the, the uh, Seahawks defense has been stats-wise this year. 
but the Seahawks are a, a proud franchise in their own right. And they've been like a, a perennial contender for the past decade or so. So, you know, they're not going to come in here and just lay down and, and uh, you know, they're, they're not going to um, just roll over and, 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 and go to sleep. They're going to, they're going to, um, they're going to put up a fight. You know, Pete Carroll's a pretty motivational coach. So or motivating coach. So, uh, but I get a feeling it's going to be, it's going to be a, a, a decent win. I'm not going to say it's going to be like the Sunday night game against the chiefs in 2016, where they won, well, it was like 45 to 14, but I get the feeling it might be that kind of, it might feel like that kind of lopsided win, uh, when all is said and done. So Russ Obenstein says, this is a character and coming together game. That's right. Sean Manahan says, what's up? Wes Hickok says, I did great. I don't know at what. Hopefully uh, at my uh, at my uh, recovery from the technical difficulties. And Wes Hickok, speaking of Wes, this is a pretty hot take. And he says, definitely think we can keep playing like last week. 12 and 5, 34. My original prediction is still possible. That's right. Mathematically speaking, they can still finish. Heck, they can finish 14 and 3. That would be great, wouldn't it? But I'd settle for a, a nice, uh, you know, if, if they can get on the kind of roll that they were on at the end of 2016, speaking of that year, when they won seven games in a row to close out the regular season, won the AFC North, and then made it all the, way, all the way to the AFC title game. Nobody thought that was possible at one point in that season. They were four and five. They lost four games in a row. They lost Ben for a while there for a game and a half or so with a, with a torn meniscus. Cam Hayward was, was lost for the year with a, what, a torn pec against the Cowboys. They looked done. Yet they came, they, they came back and, and won the division. So yeah, anything's possible. We just don't know a whole lot about this team yet because there's so many youngsters on this team, especially on offense that have, have, haven't really quite proven themselves just yet. So it's, there, there are a lot of unknowns, but you know, it's taking one game at a time, right? And Neil Skinner asks, do you guys use StreamYard when together? You're talking about the, uh, like the hangover, those kind of shows. Yeah. We use StreamYard for everything, for all the live shows. Sean Manahan says, I remember the 95 season. They were three and four and went on to the Super Bowl. That's right. Although I think that was a, a uh, more talented team. At least it, history has proven that out because they actually went, to, as you said, they went to the Super Bowl. The year before, they were in the AFC Championship game. Two, uh, two years later, they were in that same AFC Championship game. So they were they, that was quite the uh, team that Bill Cowher had back then. But hey, you never know. This is a pretty young team. That's the one good thing about. That's one thing people don't realize is aside from Ben, this is a really really young team. I think somebody said they're the second youngest team in the NFL if you take Ben away, which I you know, or maybe maybe even with him on on. His age included, they're still the second uh, youngest team in the NFL. So there's uh, there's hope there. And Modster, the happy Modster, Monster, he donates $1.99 Super Chat. Thank you, Monster. And he says, Hi, Smith gets one and a half sacks and two quarterback hits. Print it. Well, I don't have a printer. But I'll take note. I'll write it down. I don't have a pen on me, but I have my notebook right here, and I'll put it in there, Monster. And I'll remember you said that on Monday. We're on the hangover. I'll even give you credit if he gets two or three sacks. 
although he'll, he'll, he might be mad at you for for downing him with just with just one and a half sacks. We'll see. And George Teston says a TJ strip sack and fumble or two would be nice. Well, yeah, it's always nice. Devin Logan says of Juju, he's just trying to have fun. It's a social media platform. That's right. He's just trying to have fun. I don't know. You know, it is a game. The weird thing about 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 sports and sports fans is they often like to remind players that, that they get to play a game for a living. But then when they show any kind of enthusiasm, any kind of sort of kid-like um, enthusiasm for the game, or just show any kind of personality, they say, oh, you're, you're at work. You need to be a professional, so you can't win sometimes. And Kathy Ford asks, is Juju good enough to appear on Behind the Steel Curtain? I think so. I've seen him on other similar podcasts, so why not ours? You never know. I mean, Zach Banner, uh, we, we got Zach Banner, so why not Juju? Juju would love, I'm sure he would he would jump at the chance. Hint, hint, if you're watching Juju. Um, yeah, that what, what a get that would be, right? And Lumberzak asks, Tony, what do you think they're going to do with Banner when he comes back? Start him or don't touch the continuity. I'd say start him because Shook's totally... Because Shooks literally just hit his ceiling and is back to normal. Well, what if what if he crashed through that ceiling? But I think right now, as as things stand right now, I think they would probably insert Banner as a starter. But if Shooks continues to play well, if he if if he builds off of that Von Miller performance, um, I I, I don't see any reason to change. I mean, as you said, you wouldn't want to ruin or disrupt the continuity. So I would, I would, um, I would leave Shooks in there, but who knows? I mean, it's, it's, uh, I guess that's a bridge we'll have to cross when we get to it. Steeler chick 46 says of, uh, Jerry O his, uh, tragic, um, uh, loss, uh, prayers for his family. That's, that's, that's right. It's, it's such a tragedy. I couldn't even imagine that. And, Shannon, Shannon, Shannon White, my my colleague on Monday's podcast, he says, "So sad to hear about Jerry's wife's passing. Prayers for him and his family." That's that's right. Uh, yeah, it was such, such a shame. Uh, so thank you, for, uh, Shannon. And uh, Mule Skinner says, "Will Derek Watt ever get a carry or a reception?" I'm going to say no, <laughs> based on everything we've seen from the guy since he's. Since he's become a stealer, he's probably just going to remain a special teams guy, and that's it. I mean, maybe maybe he'll he'll come in as a fullback and block every now and then, but he doesn't appear to be in their in their um, future as a any kind of an offensive weapon. But that's fine. I mean, if, if the offense can perform, who cares? I mean, I mean, I mean, Derek Watts. Not, it's not like we're talking about uh, John L. Williams as far as uh, as fullbacks are concerned. I mean, he's I think if, if his name was Derek Williams, not Derek White, people wouldn't, wouldn't even think think anything of, of it. He would just be some special teams guy. That's all. I don't. I don't know. I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about Derek Watt and him him being a a contributor. I'm more worried about the line improving and guys like Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson and Pat, Pat Fryermuth 
continuing to get better as uh, tar- young targets for Ben or whoever the future quarterback happens to be. Because I think those guys can all be superstars. All three of those guys can be superstars if uh, if uh, if they continue to to, to grow. And just me says Tony House work going good works going fine, nothing uh nothing to complain about. Still trying to trying to um find my next really great career. I've been trying, been bouncing around for five years trying to find my niche. And in the meantime, though, I found podcasting, which has been great. I've I've, I've honed that skill, or honed's a, a pretty strong word. Uh, I've I've developed my skill as a podcast which i'm grateful for I, and it's something i never thought I'd, I'd get a chance to do so this has been a lot of fun who would have thought uh i'd be hosting my own podcast so i'm grateful to jeff and brian and dave and everybody for giving me the chance so, but in the meantime i'm just plugging away trying to trying to uh, find my my next big thing so thank you for asking just me russ omenstein says of wes's optimism love your optimism wes we all need to be like that. We are the Steelers that are best when backs are against the wall. Well, that certainly describes them right now, that two and three, but they're on a bit of a roll. Or not, I shouldn't say a bit of a roll. They're feeling pretty good right now. And uh, Lakuda 70 says, I just hope you're not looking past the, the Seahawks and are looking for the Browns game. I don't think they are. I don't think you could be looking past anybody at two and three. And besides that, they have the bye coming up after the game. So they're not looking at past anything. They might be looking past the Seahawks to, to a nice break, but they're not certainly not, not worried about the Browns right now, in my opinion, anyway, because, because of the bye. Brian Brown says, Seattle supposedly has a bad defense. Whenever a team supposedly has a bad defense, they always play the Steelers tough. Well, I mean, you, you know, that's, that's like the whole, they always play down to, to the level of their competition thing, which they, they don't always play down to the level of their competition. That's, that's just, we always remember the times that they do, but, you know, put it this way. If this was a, a, a 2015, 2016, 2017 Steelers offense with AB and Bell and Martavis and all those guys and that in the best line in the NFL, they would tear this defense to shreds. I would be totally confident in that, but it's a, it's a wild card now because you just don't know about this, about the offense yet. It's, it's still a work in progress. It's still going to have some growing pains. So you never know. And Steelers Pittsburgh says of Zach Banner, he does a lot of talking, but he hasn't been on the field to back it up. Well, I mean, What's he talking about other than he's he's uh he's talking about uh from what I've seen of him, he's uh just trying to pump up his teammates. Mostly when I see him talking, it's 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 a motivational thing. But I mean you're right, he hasn't been out there yet. He really hasn't proven himself as a as a starting O line man in the NFL. I mean, his his most significant playing time so far has been as a uh, jumbo package tight end. So uh yeah, he definitely has a lot to prove. And, you know, what people seem to forget about, about Banner is that competition between him and Shooks back in 2020, that the training camp competition for the right tackle spot was supposedly a really close competition. So when you see how much Shooks has struggled, 
over the last couple of years, it makes you wonder, <laughs> you know, uh, is Banner, can he be an upgrade? I guess, we'll have to, I guess we'll find out sooner rather than later, hopefully. Wow, Mule Skinner says Cody White, their uh, reserve receiver, the guy who's probably going to get more playing time now uh, with uh, Juju out. Uh, he, he will score a TD. I, I I don't care who scores, but that would be a pretty big story if he if he does score. Although I'm looking for James Washington to to really uh, maybe prosper from this from this uh oppor- I I can't say I hate to say opportunity, but this uh, chance for more playing time. And George Teston says he admonishes me, "You are a writer without a printer and a pencil. Come on, Tony. Well, I have my pen somewhere around here. I had it before the." Oh, there it is. It's back there on my dining room table. As far as the printer, you got me. I haven't had a printer in probably 15 years, whatever. I just, I mean, how many things do you have to print now anyway? I mean, the occasional resume and, and I can always go to FedEx for that, or my sister has a, a printer or whatever, but yeah, I guess I should get a printer someday. And speaking of James Washington, something I want to touch on. I remember those rumors that circulated. I don't know if it was during training camp or I guess it was during training camp about him wanting a trade, wanting to be traded because he wasn't, he, he was, he felt like he was, he was blocked from, from uh, being able to do anything because of, uh, of the numbers at receiver. Well, I mean, this is one of the reasons why I was against that kind of a, a thing because um, now you're going to need that guy, you know, the, you know, we talked about how they were four deep at receiver. Well, if they traded Washington, they'd be two deep at receiver right now. Now they have three young and talented receivers, and now James Washington's going to get a chance to to prove that that he can be a, a really productive player in the NFL over these last uh, how many games? 11, 12 games. Yeah, yeah, twelve games. So that's why you don't. You know, I, I was I was all about keeping the, the, the best 53 players for, for 2021. And I wasn't worried about accruing any draft picks for 2022 and beyond. That's that that's, I could care less about that. And that's why I'm glad they didn't trade Washington. All right. And Russ Obenstein says of Shooks, when he plays against the top guy, he always steps up. Yeah. He, he held his own against Aaron Donald a couple of years ago. And of course he's, I believe, I believe that's like the second time now that he's dominated uh, Von Miller. So maybe it's just a matter of like Shannon said on Monday, maybe it's just a matter of, of uh, Shooks being able to, to dredge up that intensity each and every week. And not just when he's playing against the big guys, but uh, being a professional and, 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 and going to work each and every Sunday and, and, and bringing it 110% no matter who you're going up against. Maybe that's something that 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 uh, that he has to learn yet. Yeah, you know, people forget this guy's uh, he's fairly new to American football. I mean, I, I'm I'm sure he's he's as experienced at it as anybody who maybe started playing ten years ago at a young age. But you know, he's not from here. He's not from America. He's, I think so. You know, he's not steeped in that 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 intensity about football that we have here in this country. So maybe. It's something that he has to learn over time. But uh, if he can do that, I mean, you know, if it's just a matter of, of 
finding that intensity, ratcheting up that intensity whenever he has to, then maybe he can turn into a really good player if he's able to find that switch. So, but he does seem to do a really good job against really good, talented players. I don't know what that's all about, but again, it could be just a part of the maturing process for him, maturation process. The mule Skinner says I would start more, more all year as he is the future and has to learn. He has more upside than shoots. Well, I, I think he's certainly uh, been ho holding his own and he's a natural left tackle. I think that's the only position he really knows right now. And uh, I would keep him there because he, he has given them no reason to remove him. I would keep him there. And, and I think it would just be a matter of, is it going to be shoots or banner? Uh, on the right side, and in my opinion, if, if Shooks loses out, he's still a pretty decent player. He's decent enough that, that you would feel confident in him being your swing tackle. And plus, you have Joe Haig, who's versatile and, and has already played uh, some this season. So, you know, if you get ba Banner back, I think that, that makes that line, the depth anyway, uh, so much better. So hopefully he's back soon. And Brian Brown says... Geno Smith will throw picks if pressured. Is this the game? Hayden or Minka gets an interception? No. I think it's the game that James Pierre gets a second straight interception. A big one. And he's going to return it. Not for a touchdown, but deep into, I almost said New York territory, because that's where Geno Smith used to play. Uh, deep into Seattle territory. That's my prediction. Write it down. I don't have, I whip it. I don't have a pen on me. And Mule Skinner says of me, Tony, you do a great job. Thank you. And wow, wow, this is a, I am, I can't believe it, man. My, my, the way the show started, now my ego is getting inflated. I'm going to ask for more money. And and Russ Obenstein says, you're my favorite solo podcast. Wow, thank you, Russ. That means, actually means a lot. That makes me feel good. Makes me, uh, that really gives me, uh, is a, uh, uh, gives me a, uh, that really fuzzy, warm and fuzzy feeling in my stomach. And Brian Brown says, BTSC is a big thing to me, Tony. Well, we appreciate that. We appreciate it. We have so many uh, great fans and listeners and readers. And BTSC has is, is been such a big part of my life for the last 11 years. So I'm glad it's, it's, it's such an important thing for so many people out there because it's it really is a great site. And they do such a great job of, uh, of always keeping everybody informed, entertained. Um, just we have a lot of great stuff in store for you, even for the bye weeks, a lot of a, a great podcasts. So great opportunities for you. So please, please uh, keep coming back. Even during the bye, you're, you're, you're not going to be sorry. So on that note, since, uh, and just me says I rock is alone. Wow. I can't, I, I got to stop reading these as a lone podcast. I'm just going to get so, so egotistical, but no, nah, I'm just kidding. I, I'm, I really am sincerely flattered. So thank you guys for the, uh, for the support. But on that note, I'm going to uh, call it a night. And, um, and I thank you for listening and watching. And, and, and again, please uh, download parts one and two uh, on the audio platform. Uh, if you can't, if you couldn't catch this live and uh, please uh, continue to check out behind the still curtain all weekend, all next week, all throughout the buy. We're going to be bringing you content e each and every day, both in the written form and in the podcasting form and uh, enjoy your weekend and enjoy the Steeler game on Sunday. Let's hope for a win 
And until I talk to you again on Monday on The Hangover, go Steelers. Oh, how it rips me, but love makes me live for tomorrow.